Good morning, church. It's good to see everybody, by the way. Uh, praise team, guys. Y'all just did an awesome job. Thank you so much. Uh, we're, we're truly blessed there, and that uh, really makes a difference in our worship. Uh, well, it's good to, to be here together and welcome uh, all our folks in this room, but our folks in our other room, as well as our folks in their own rooms around the world in uh, what I call Internet land, uh, just wherever that is. We have folks that sign up from all kinds of places. Uh, matter of fact, I, I got a lot of cards and letters from folks uh, when I was sick. And I, by the way, I appreciate that so very, very much. Uh, people I've never met and yet uh, show some concern for me. And so thank you a lot for that. <clears throat> I've been uh, doing a lot better. Somebody asked me, was I 100%? I said, well, I wasn't 100% when I went in. But uh, I'm doing better, and I've still got a little cough, so that's why I'm using a handheld. Hopefully I won't cough on everybody here, and I'll try to not spit farther than the front row, okay? <laughs> All right. I, I'm hanging there with me, so. Uh, but it's very, very good uh, to see everybody. Uh, Mr. Bryce uh, Revor, would you come up here and read scripture for us? This young man is a very talented artist. He's a baseball player, which, by the way, World Series is going on right now. Are you aware of that? Who, who are you for? Uh, I don't really want to. You don't know? You don't... <laughs> Say the Rangers. I guess the Rangers. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you got to start early making fans out of people, so... Uh, thank you for being willing to share and, uh, pre- appreciate you very, very much. Okay? Right. Um, Luke twelve thirty four, Where, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Amen. Thank you, Bryce. Great job. Excellent job, Bryce. You know, there's, uh, uh, Al, by the way, great job on the sermon last week. I will admit I snuck out through part of it, but I had your notes too. So I I snuck out and went up and walked through all the children's ministry stuff that happens during the service. And so I I, I know they can't hear me because they're up there being busy with, with folks right now. But when you see uh, Cynthia and her staff and anybody that works in the Tell them thank you. They are doing an awesome job up in children's ministry uh, during the services and Bible class. So be sure, uh, hug their necks and uh, uh, give them a that a boy uh, because uh, it really makes a difference, which we want our kids. And we want that seed planted in those kids' hearts early, right? It really makes a difference. Look, it, it gave me a place to come back to when I got off track. Uh, uh, one thing I've always appreciated about my... Uh, uh, my mom and dad, they put me in an opportunity to get the seed planted in me. And I went, the, I always went to church. I never quit going to church. Uh, and even though I lived in the world, I always attended. And somebody said, well, you can't really live like that. I mean, you can't come to church all the time. Oh, well, yeah, you can. I did it. Uh, I know you can. So if you're sitting out there thinking you're fooling somebody, uh, you know, uh, listen up today. This sermon might be for you. Uh, but yeah, but, but it planted the seed. So when I made the turn, uh, to get really back with the Lord and get on the road of a disciple, 
had a place to come back to. Thank you, children's ministry, for all you do. Also, we had a group, matter of fact, of our teens went to Tuba City. I think we got a picture of that, don't we? We have a Tuba City picture. Look at there. What a good-looking crew. Uh, Tuba City, Arizona, where we do a work uh, on the Navajo Reservation with Eric and Tracy Key. And a group just recently went out there um, at fall break and uh, did a work at Tuba City. And we'll tell you more about that work uh, uh, later. But look, thank you guys for going. Thank you, church, for supporting and helping send these guys. It really makes a difference in the, uh, in, in the work out there. So just wanted to say a, a thank you about that. Also, one other deal. I know you think, well, why didn't you make the announcement video, Mike? You're just going through. Well, uh, also, if you have not seen The Blind, go see it. Uh, look, it's not only Phil's story of redemption. To some degree, it's this church's story, right? And so uh, um, uh, so be sure and, and uh, do that and uh, encourage others. I can't tell you how many um, people I've talked to just out in the community that uh, that this had an impact on, and it's not just here but all over the country, uh, and uh, maybe Al will share some more stories about that at some point. But I know one place they just had a baptism, uh, 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 a deal set up for baptisms right there outside the movie theater and just for baptizing people after they saw the movie. I thought, what, a, what an awesome idea. So, All right, let's uh, have a word of prayer before we get into our text, okay? Father in heaven, what we know not teach us, what we have not give us, what we are not make us. By your Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, and the church said, Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 12, verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Uh, I'm just telling you, I've seen more family problems out of inheritance. People fighting over something that really ain't even worth that much. And this guy's kind of in that same boat. He's wanting his part, and he thinks somehow or another he can talk Jesus into helping him get it. And Jesus said, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And then he told them a parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop, and he thought to himself, but by the way, I want you to notice in the text, every time it says him or himself, all right, just notice that. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to myself, you get it? You have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. 
But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. Now this this little story, this is the first half of my first point. You know, uh, some guy said, well, how many points do you have in that sermon? And uh, one guy said uh, that morning in church, he said, I have, this is my 27th point. And they thought, whew, you know. Then the next night when he preached, they, they said, well, uh, how, many, how many points in that sermon? He said, this sermon is pointless. <laughs> well, I don't want to be pointless, but I don't want to be that long either. The point of this first part is real simple. Be rich, but in the right things. This guy is all about storing up the wrong things. Now, if you happen to be one of those people that are rich, which most everybody in this room is, if you travel around this world, you'll find out real quick we're the rich ones. A good way to handle those riches is, one, give generously. Two, think terminally. And three, hold loosely. That's that's how we should handle that's how we should handle our riches. Don't store up the wrong thing. He's thinking tomorrow. Man, I'm going to prepare for myself. Tomorrow is a very dangerous word. How many people have said, hey, tomorrow I'm going to start all over again? Tomorrow never comes. Tomorrow I'm really going to make the changes I need. Tomorrow I'll do this. He said, I've got everything stored up. I'm going to live. His assumption was tomorrow's coming. Yet none of us know exactly, right? Don't store up the wrong things. Look what else he says. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider, this word means think about it, okay? Think about it. So not only don't store up the wrong things, don't think the wrong way. Consider the ravens, they do not sow or reap, and they have a storeroom or or no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than birds? How much more valuable are you? Look, you need to understand something. You are valuable to God. Therefore, God's concerned about your everyday things. I mean, next time you go to get a job, when you're filling out your, you know, you put it, given your resume, put on there, just put on down there when, when you're listing all the qualities, just put on there, more valuable than birds. Just write that on there. It'll probably get you a call back. You know, they'll probably say, what? We've got to talk to this guy or it'll get you thrown away. But, I mean, it'll get a decision. Just put it on there. I, I'm more valuable than birds. God says you're valuable. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? 
Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all this splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagans, they world, they run after these things. Your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions. Give to the poor. Provide purses for yourself that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted. For where no thief comes near or no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So be rich. Be rich in the right things. Be rich in the white right way of thinking this thing of worry and you ever wonder why look the disciples they've been walking the earth with the creator of the earth they're walking the earth with jesus christ they're seeing what he does they're eating with him they're with him all the time and he has to tell them hey look don't worry about tomorrow so look if the assumption is they will worry and that's the that's we do that too right He's not saying you're not going to worry. He's going to say, don't do it. And, and when you do, think about it this way. When you get caught up into that thing, you've got to change your thinking. This word worry means mind. your mind is being distracted. Actually, he uses the word a couple different times, and he doesn't use the same word for worry in both places. Uh, or the first one is it's used uh, uh, for that particular meaning in verse 22. In verse 29, he uses the word meteorizo, which means, it's where we get our word meteor, uh, which means hung up in space. When you worry, you're all spaced out. Got it? And your mind is distracted. And you can't sleep at night. And all of a sudden, and and look, greed and worry all have the same root problem. And it's called trust. See, the greed idea, you don't have to store up stuff. You just trust God, He'll take care of you. The worry about what you eat or drink and, and how you look, don't worry about that. God's going to take care of you. You are valuable to God and He will take care of you. I was telling somebody the other day, I think it was our house church, about uh, about my buddy Gary Stevens. And he was telling me one time about his, I think it was his grandmother was walking up the stairs. And she had this real distressed look. And she stopped in the middle of her walk. And she turned around. And, and they asked her, what's wrong, uh, Grandma? She said, oh, I was going to worry about something and I can't remember what it is. <laughs> How many of us just get captivated in our own minds and hearts? About things. Look, remember this. Worry is a poor use of the imagination. Think about it. God has created you like Him to be able, in His image, that's where we get imagination, right? The ability to think and create, and instead of instead of using it in a positive way, you use that uh, uh, imagination in a negative way, and you start creating things that aren't even true. 
their lives, but you create images in your mind that you're concerned about, and they, they ain't even happen, and most of them don't happen. Clean up in here, and it really helps in here. Don't worry. And he tells them, don't fear. You know how many times in the Bible he has to tell the people who walked with him every day, don't fear? Because it's in our nature to fear. It's part of the brokenness that we have. Yet all that is trusting God for who he is and what he says. Set your heart in the right direction. Seek first the Seek first the kingdom. My problem is when I get concerned about my kingdom instead of his. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Not mine. Thy will be done. Not mine. So worry, I'm usually worried about my kingdom and my will. But when I seek first his kingdom and his will... And put my confidence in his sovereign ability to handle everything. Boy, it makes my life a whole lot easier. You know what? You wake up. Isn't that right? You can give the Lord a hand about that if you want to. You know, if you turn on the TV, you see bombs going off in the Middle East. You see wars in the Ukraine. You see the terrible bad news of things happening in the world. You see a, a mass killer take 18. That's terrible. But if you're not careful, Satan will use the negative things happening in the world to infiltrate your thinking and you will be worried about things you have no control over instead of being confident that God still rules the world. Don't give in to that. Instead, be rich in faith. Be rich in hope. Be rich in love. Well, let's look at the next section. He says you don't know, not only do you need to be rich, he says you need to be ready. Verse 35 through 53. Now you need to be ready, you need to stay ready. Be dressed, ready for service. Keep your lamps burning like men waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It'll be good for those servants whose master finds them wait, uh, watching when he comes. I'll tell you the truth. He will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. It'll be good for those servants whose master finds them ready. He goes on to tell the story through the rest of that little section about those who are ready and those who are not. And those who are not, they get to thinking, he's, he's been so long since he said he's coming and he's not showing up. We must have time to go run out and do some other stuff. And sure enough, about the time they do that, he's going to show up. And they are not going to be ready. He says you're going to have to wait. Look in verse 41. Peter asked, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? The Lord, I love, you know, he never answers him like that, you know. He just says, the Lord answered. 
Who then is faithful and wise man, uh, manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It'll be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. i tell you the truth. He'll put him in charge of all of his, all of his possessions. You know what he says? is, Look, it's going to be good when he finds you ready and you're doing something. The kingdom challenge is to be patient. The kingdom challenge is to be faithful. And the kingdom challenge is to realize judgment is going to happen. So you be ready with those things in your mind. So that you're not caught off guard. Skip on down to verse 49. Jesus says something unique here. I've come to bring fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo, and how distressed I am until it's completed. Do you ever think about Jesus being distressed? He's distressed. Look, he's headed to Jerusalem. He knows what's coming. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I'll tell you. But division, from now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other, three against two and two against three. They will be divided, father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He says, look, I'm not bringing, what I'm bringing here, this story, this this journey I'm on to, uh, to Jerusalem, the baptism I'm going through, the, the, the judgment that's happening on people's lives, all this, it's going to not bring peace to people. Matter of fact, when people get totally committed to Jesus, it's going to divide them among people they even love. I'll never forget when I first became a Christian. And I, and I had my best friends. I, I, I lived with three other guys in an apartment at college, and, uh, and 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 one of them in particular. We were all friends, but one in particular was a really close friend. And I knew I could not run around with them anymore. So when all the beer and the dope and everything showed up at the apartment, I went to the student center on campus and just stayed all night because I I knew I could not stay with them and not participate, do the things I've been doing. So I had to exit those relationships, and it divided us. And finally, one of them came to me and said, you know, you don't do anything with anyone. And I said, here's why, let me tell you. And I, I shared with him the gospel. Look, we still stay close friends. Matter of fact, after I moved down here and met Susan, we decided to get married in this very room. He, he was in my wedding. I grew up with a kid. He drives down to be in my wedding. Of course, I have to go get him out of jail here in Monroe for him to be my groomsman. But he hadn't changed. I changed. He hadn't changed yet. My vocabulary changed. Those words I gave up at baptism, I had to keep giving up, right? Things change in your life when you become a disciple. And they continue to change because it's a growing Effort. But it did divide me among people that because they weren't ready to make that change and it just didn't fit. 
If you follow Jesus with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, yeah, you you have peace of heart and peace of mind. You're right with God. You have peace in terms of relationship with God. But you won't have peace on earth with everybody you interact with. And some of them will be the people you love the most. And that's hard. That's hard. But you just keep loving them and keep sharing Jesus with them. And put that worry in God's hands. It's a kingdom thing. Loyalty to Jesus must take priority over all other loyalties. Even your family. That's what he says. Now, be ready. Be rich. Be ready. Here's the last one. It says, be right. Verse 54. He said to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say, it's going to rain, and it does. And when the, uh, by the way, they're much better weathered men than what we have now on TV. (laughs) You know, that's the only profession where you can be wrong all the time and keep your job. I noticed that. Sorry if you're a weathered man. (laughs) Uh, and when the south wind blows, you say, it's going to be hot. And it is. Hypocrites? What? You know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? Look, you, you can tell the common things in life you've been raised with. You can tell when it's going to rain. You can tell when it's going to be hot. You know those things. How come then you can't tell the simple truth of who I am and what I've come for. How come you miss that? It's my dad phrase. My dad used to always say when we would get in trouble, he'd say, my son, you know better than that. You know better than that. We go do something and and all of a sudden, yeah, you know better than that. Jesus is telling these guys, you know better than that. Now look what else he says. Why don't you judge for yourselves what's right? As you're going with your adversary to the magistrate, try hard to be reconciled to him on the way, or he may drag you off to the judge, and the judge turn you over to the officers, and the officer throws you into prison. And I tell you, you'll not get out until you have paid the last penny. Now, my dad had a phrase for that, too. I can just hear his voice ringing in the back of my head. He would say this. What did you think would happen? Look, I don't care where I was. If I ran out of gas, the last person when I was calling was my dad. (laughs) I was not going to call my dad. Because one, you know, don't that car have a gauge on it? Well, yeah, why didn't you get gas? You know, of course, he's like, it gets half a tank. He fills it up. You know, and so, I mean, it's like, why? And then, then I'm like, well, and he's like, well, look, when that thing got low. He said, what did you think would happen? <laughs> well, well I, I mean, I, you know. Jesus is telling this guy, look, when you don't get right and you're not ready, when things happen, you get ready to go to the job. What do you think would happen? They're going to take you to court 
It's an illustration here, right? They're going to take you to court and make you pay every last cent. Now, this is interesting. This word for penny here is the word leptin. Some of it you may see it in the note in your Bible, in the Greek. Uh, it's the smallest, thinnest coin of, of any value. It's what was given in Mark when it said the widow gave her might. The next coin up was the quadrus, and it's two, it's worth two leptin. And it's used in Matthew 5. The Assyrian, it's, a, it's another coin. It's four times the value of a quadrant. So you can do the math there. It's used in Luke 12, 6, earlier in this chapter. The denarius is a day's pay. It's used in Luke 10 when the Good Samaritan left money for the guy to be taken care of. Then there's the drachma. It's slightly more than the denario, and it's Luke 15 where the coin lost and the woman is searching for it and she finds its valuable coin and has to celebrate. It's that passage. Then there's a shekel. Then there's a couple of others, coins. This is the very little least amount. And he says, you're going... You're not going to get out until that smallest amount you owe is taken care of. So it's been a while, but Kristen and I, she was here in town, and uh, uh, I think, I guess, uh, I guess Susan was working, and we were out having fun without her or something. But uh, uh, we went to eat at a Mexican food place. And so we ordered. Wasn't that great? Uh, but it's all right. The guy's waiting wasn't that good. But I'm still going to, you know, leave him a tip or whatever. And I really wanted to pull that line that I've heard said before. I really wanted to ask him, uh, do you like your job? And I'm sure he would have said no. And I'd have said, don't worry about it because you're not going to keep it very long, you know. Uh, but... Uh, he, uh, I pay the check, and he brings me back, and he doesn't bring me the change. You know, he brings me the the dollar bill, but he doesn't. There's more. There's the coins. He just doesn't bring them. And Kristen's like, "Dad, don't worry." I said, "No, that ain't right. I want my money." You know. <laughs> uh, you can you remember how I am about that sometimes, right? Traveling. Uh, I he owes me. I want my change. It's a principal thing with me. She's like, well, no. of course, she's like, don't call us. He, I, he, no, he owes me. I want my money. So I said, I want my change. You know, finally, I gave it up. But man, it, it just irks me that he just assumes he can just keep my money. It wasn't much. That ain't the point. It didn't belong to him, right? Good, because I wanted some. Uh, con- you know, I wanted some. <laughs> confidence that I did the right thing, <laughs> but I probably didn't have the right attitude, so I did, I did repent over that. I think I, I think I really wanted to just say, okay, that's your tip, you know. This guy says, you're going here. You don't owe, even if it gets down to this, that one little penny, you ain't getting out of this. 
So he says, what he, I tell you what you do, before it ever gets that far, you make things right. You get things right. You reconcile with, the, with things that are wrong early. Make things right. Look, make things right with people before it gets too far down the line. Otherwise, they're on their deathbed and you're trying to get up enough courage to go have the right conversation to get, make things right. Make things right early. Most of all, make things right with God. He says, do it now. You don't wait. You don't wait till you're being dragged into the judgment situation. Make it right now. And one time when I was in high school, and uh, a bunch of us guys, uh, we broke into the gym. We shot some basketball, and there wasn't anything doing town anyway. And so <clears throat> we're down messing around the locker room, and a couple of buddies of mine, and we found some old jerseys and some shoes and some stuff. And so we decided to help ourselves with some stuff. I got an old football jersey or something. And my buddy Red Dog, man, he's got a pile of stuff. And he's carrying it out, and another buddy of mine's got his, and, and 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 so all you know, we think we're 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 free. I'm sitting in the English class, which I'm always glad to get out of if I could. And the intercom comes on, and they start calling for people. Uh, such and such, would you come to the office? Okay. Such and such, would you come to the office? Send him to the office, and I'm real, I'm realizing it's the names of all my buddies. And Mike Kellett, would you come to the office? And so we get in there and we get the lecture. We know you boys broke in. Because here's what happened. One of the guys with us, his girlfriend. Look, you need to do your stuff with people that aren't attached to anybody. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I mean, don't do anything wrong, but I'm just saying. Because he tells her, she tells on us. You know, with an agreement to get him off the hook to some degree. And so, anyway, that's how I have a hard time forgiving her of that. But we all get in the office, and there's a couple at a time going to the principal's office. And he said, uh, it's hard to graduate from Cummings. Cummings is a prison in Arkansas. By the way, if you didn't know that. I actually have kinfolk that work at the prison. Had a few that's been in the prison, but that's another story, another time. I'm scared. Then he's scared. He said, you know the amount of money that all this costs rises, raises us up to a level of, and he gives me the legal deal. And that Now all of a sudden it's like it's more than just having fun breaking into the school. All of a sudden now it's starting to get serious. I'm like, uh-oh, you know, man. And so he efficiently... Scared us. He said, now I want you to go to your house and bring everything back. So I go. I get jersey or something I'd take, and I bring it back. Here comes Red Dog in with his collection. He said, he said, Coach, here's my collection. You know, the guy, guy was a coach. <laughs> Big old stack of stuff, you know. Uh, we turned it all in. I forget what the punishment was. The biggest punishment was telling my parents that was the biggest punishment. Embarrassed that you'd do something crazy. 
But as soon as they called us, I knew, hey, we we got we got to go ahead and fess up now, right here, you know. But I waited too late to avoid the consequences. Have you ever done that? You know you've done something wrong. You know the judgment's coming. You're hoping there'll be a way out of it. But then all of a sudden you realize when your name's called, you waited too late. Jesus is saying, don't wait too late. You know how to really win in the end? You be rich in the right things. You be ready when the master comes. And you be reconciled or you be right with God and other people. And in the end, you win. Don't let Satan talk you into thinking tomorrow. I'll make everything right. Tomorrow's a dangerous word. Somebody in the sound of my voice needs to be baptized today. You've been putting it off. You know it's the right thing to do. Your heart's been pricked by the story of Jesus, and you've just been sitting there thinking about it, and it's been going back and forth. And and I really want to make that decision and give my loyalty. to You've been sitting there, and you've been putting it off. I'm telling you, get right today. Don't put it off any longer. Some of you had some sin that's just been on your heart and it's just piled up and you've worried about it and it's it's captured your mind and Satan's got more mileage out of it than deserved. And you just need to go ahead and fess it up and be done with it. Be out in the open with it. Let God heal your heart. Look, forgiveness is what God does. Healing is what happens to us. You can't heal without being forgiven. Don't wait. You can't win in the end. If you're not right with God. There's nothing that stirs the emotions of heaven. Listen to me. Like one sinner repenting. Jesus says, the Bible says, the angels rejoice when you make things right, you move the emotions of heaven. So don't put it off any longer. Be able to lay your head down on your pillow tonight and go to sleep knowing 100% for sure you're right with God. Not because you did right, but because God made you right. His grace is enough. His grace is more than enough. And your response to God is just a response of grace. Father in heaven, we love you. Thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you, Father, for taking care of all of our needs. Forgive us for being people who worry so much. Selfish that we think that we have to provide for our own selves. 
Father, we want to be rich towards you. Help us to keep seeking first the kingdom. Help us, Father, to have in our hearts the priority of you coming and that we can help take as many people with us to heaven as possible. And I pray for anyone in the sound of my voice that needs to be made right with you, that they would respond to you today, Father. Please, please prick the hearts of those that are not right. Thank you, Father, for saving us by your grace. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing.